Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Well, happy Tuesday, Service Legends. Welcome back to another episode of the Service Legend podcast. I've got such a treat for you guys today. Someone that I look up to following every single move he does. Uh, Lance Bachman, welcome to the podcast, man. Welcome to the show. Ryan, thanks for having me, man. I'm a fan of yours. It's been nice to get to know you over the last few years. So thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's always great to have people like you that we can look up to the whole industry. We can look up to to guys like you and, and learn from for those of you that don't know Lance. Um, I'll give a quick intro, uh, but I got to tell you guys, I, I am so pumped up for this podcast. Um, Lance Bachman, a true trailblazer. Um, his journey just encompasses dynamic entrepreneurship, profound insights into digital marketing, a whole lot more than digital marketing that we'll get into. Uh, but just really a heartfelt commitment to community and family, which I love. Um, as the founder of One SEO Digital um, Agency and Lance Bachman Capital, Lance has orchestrated business growth with finesse, earning his spot as a trusted advisor. His stage presence as a sought-after keynote speaker has graced events hosted by industry giants like Google, Facebook, Tommy Mello, and a whole lot more. Um, his dedication to mentorship and charity work showcases his remarkable character. Today, we have the privilege to gain insights from an impactful story. And welcome. Um, that's our version, man, right? Nice things. That must be nice. That might be some of the nicest things anyone's ever said about me, man. I gotta have you hang yeah. out with my wife when we're talking like that. <laughs> hey, you know, I want to take the credit, but you know, I want to give it to uh, my marketing assistant, Sam. Or she, she's just a rock star. So she, she helps me prepare for these. And um, but that's our version, right, of you and our perception. Uh, and I'd love to hear. I always like starting off, man, with some sort of origin story, kind of, you know. And I know you shared a lot of that you know, with, with Brad's, um, on Brad Lee's podcast, which I think we all tuned, tuned into, but just a little origin story, like leading up to one SEO, like, what were you doing? You know, like, what were you doing? How'd you get kind of on ramp into there? And then maybe you could just pick up kind of what you're doing now. Yeah. I mean, I think most people don't realize <laughs> I'm going to be 50 this year. Right. So in six months, I'm going to be 50. And this has been 30 at- years. Uh, I'm going to be 50. And it's 30 years of a journey, right? And I think a lot of people don't understand is they think it was instant success because really no one really even knew I was, you know, what they call successful or somewhat successful to probably five, six years ago, you know? So um, I think as you go through the journey, uh, when you look at things, I was born in Northeast Philadelphia, Bucks County, born into a group home, foster care system, um, abusive father, left, uh, just not a good man. Uh, my mom did the best she could, single mother, alcoholic, in and out, you know. So um, one of 14 kids, nine brothers, five sisters. Just not the typical, you know, what you call the American dream. Um, you know, as I went through high school and college, hated it, hated school. Um, you know, then I got into selling advertising and it changed my life. Just I started making money. I love advertising. Um, I did it for almost 30 years of my life. I started when I was 21 years old selling the phone book. Um, a Red Bull listing 
Um, literally a good friend of mine gave, paid $99. So a buddy of mine, Bill Rizal, who always tell the story was for me to sell a Red Bull listing at a hundred bucks, probably saved me from selling drugs. Cause that was my drug. I sold more Red Bull listings than anyone else. And because a hundred bucks to me, I was a rich man. And, uh, you know, he just gave my son for his 10th birthday, a hundred dollars and said, and sent me a text. That's the Red Bull listing. It will have more meaning to him as he gets older. And, you know, I just think everyone's journey is different. I think, uh, you know, some people are having faster than others. I think if you're patient and you do the right things, eventually success will find you. Um, I think you got to drown out the noise. I had to cut, you know, pretty off my whole entire family. Mm. A lot of people in our industry, you know, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, right, you know, that don't go to Stanford, Harvard, you know, just have different lifestyles. Those families will hold you down from becoming successful. So, you know, I only talk to my one brother, my one sister. Um, I don't talk to anyone else in my family. I had to cut them all off over the years because it's the crab pot theory. They try and pull you down. They don't want to see you be successful. Jealousy is a venomous thing. So my mm -hmm. journey is quite different than most people. I made mistakes. I've learned a lot. I've, I've, I made so many mistakes in business. You know, I could tell you 101 different things and, I'm just very humbled and honored to have what I have. And, you know, I have such an abundance. I want to give an abundance back to people and say, listen, you know, learn from an old man that uh, made a lot of mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, I, I, I love your story because I, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, very similar, you know, and, um, but, um, and we'll talk about that more offline, but uh, it's funny. So, when I was 20 years old, I, uh, I, uh, started selling cars in Phoenix. Uh, and I sold infinities and, um, I got to tell you, you know, the first day, literally first day, they're like, Hey, so I did two things. They put me in the, uh, in the BDC room and said, Hey, here's a list of people that purchased cars before. Um, just call them and see if they want to come in and buy another car. <laughs> okay. Or they're like, and when you're done doing that, go stand out front. It's called on point. I'm like, we'll go do what out front? Just go stand there. People will come. You know, and this was uh, July and August of, you know, in summer, you know, right now. So it was like 115. I think it was 113 that first day. And I was like, man, like, what is this? But, you know, that's where, you know, I cut my teeth there, you know, and I got really, really, really good at that. And I think, I think that experience, um, you know, I resonate, I resonate with you with that because I see a lot of those types of experiences in your story, you know, just, just being in the moment, figuring out kind of back against the wall. And I think that's true for a lot of contractors, a lot of entrepreneurs that are in our, you know, in home services, they have a similar story. And, you know, we're not, you know, I think most of us are not that, that, uh, uh, spoon fed family, you know? Um, and do you think that that helps you? Um, I mean, so I'm not a contractor, right? I've never sold a roof. I've never been on a roof. You know, I got, people understand I've been a digital marker my whole life for the most part, right? I got into the trades three years ago, four years ago. And I've sold now multiple companies to private equity. Um, be, but I've never sold HVAC. I've never installed HVAC. So these, I never painted before. So I think what helps you is your mindset. I think we live in a country of a lot of weak people. I tell mm -hmm. my sons all the time, you know, and I'll use the word man. If you could be a man and be a hungry man and be a guy that has discipline, you want to be tough and you want to, do what others aren't want to do. You're going to eat everyone's lunches. Um, no matter what, I mean, think about this. I picked multiple fields that I knew nothing about 
and I've sold companies for millions upon millions of dollars. And, you know, people are like, well, you don't know roofing. I don't need to know roofing. I know I'm going to get up, work every single day, figure this shit out, get it right, manage to a P&L, use certain KPIs. I think people's mindsets is what holds them back. And I think when you grow up like me and you live in the storm, you become the storm. And I just think there's no, you, you know, I said this to someone the other day, they called me an asshole. And I said, man, there ain't nothing you can say to me I haven't said to myself a hundred thousand times about myself. Yeah. Like you can't break what's been broken a thousand times. So I love like, that part right there. It's yeah. just, you know, when you've been beaten and abused and such a low self-esteem when you're younger, to be where I'm at now, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I, I just think people's mindsets are, you know, I was up, I was up yesterday morning, Monday morning, it was four o'clock. And, you know, I was exiting a company that I bought and it was just a bad, a bad deal all around. They didn't want to assimilate into our organization. And I knew right away it was not a good situation whatsoever for me and my organization, what I'm trying to build. So I sat him down and said, listen, we're going to separate and get out of here. We're moving, going our own way. And that was on Thursday at three o'clock and the deal is almost finalized. Everything's paid off. And most people just don't have the mindset to make such a decision like that. They're worried about what people think. You know, that's $10 million in top line revenue. You're just walking out of your LB Capitals. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, if you don't fit into what we're trying to build and what we're doing, I'm moving forward. And uh, I think people's mindsets are very weak. I think everyone wants to live in a what do people think about me world instead of how's how people treating me world. I don't care what you think about me. I care about how you're treating me. And they're two different distinct things. Yeah, so true. I was uh, um, listening to a, a podcast from Ryan Holiday, all like stoves and stuff. And, um, and he was talking about this concept of this, this drug attention. You know, it, it, it's like most, like most people were on this drug of attention. We want people to know this and that, do all these different things. And I think, I think what you said is so true, but like that mindset, it's that why. You know, like why am I getting up and doing the shit that I'm doing? Um, and I think that your why is so important because it's not about just making money, you know, it's about changing lives. And, um, I think that that's unique, you know, it's, you know, as I get older, I just turned 30 in May and I told my wife, you know, I had dinner last night at the standard, this place got built in 1840. It's so cool. And we were chatting and I was just like, you know, as I get older, I'm just realizing, you know, everyone's a fucking liar. Everyone's a fucking liar. You know, everyone's a fucking liar. Everyone says they're this. And then that it's like, all yeah. you got to do is say, listen, let's show our bank accounts. Do you know how many times I've said that to people? Because I'm not afraid to show my bank accounts to anyone. I'm not afraid to show my P&Ls to anyone. I don't give a shit. Listen, I got one company of all of LB Capital, of all my companies, that's not performing great right now. The rest of them are crushing it, and we're fixing the one. I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. Real businessmen do that. Because anyone that tells you they've never had failures is a liar, you know, it's just, you're going to have, you have to fail to win. You've got to lose to win. It's that simple. I tell my sons that all the time. And listen, my sons, I say it to them all the time. We live in a world lacking leaders, men, and people willing to fail. I've never yeah. seen, and I think social media is a big part of it. Everybody wants to be a ball or everybody wants to be, it, I see people flying on private jets as their profiles, right? And this and that. And I'm laughing. I'm like, I got 30 times more money than you. And I drive a fucking pickup truck. I'm not being disrespectful. I live on a farm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> it's a whole different it, – it, I guess it's what's important to you. To me, they're not the things – I want to take as many people that 
probably can't exit their company, partner with them, and make them into multimillionaires. I've seen me do it now multiple times. I've seen the appreciation and gratitude from everyone. Now, there's some people you give money to, they don't have gratitude. They think whatever, but 80% of them are very good people, have very amount of abundance of grace. Yeah, it, it's funny. I'm a, you know, I'm a very transparent, I'm an open book person. And uh, I met Tommy uh, three, I think like three years ago. And he wanted to meet me, you know, wanted to get into coding. And we're talking about a bunch of stuff, but um, they call me over. I had uh, a Rolex on, I just got it and uh, never had made money before, you know, any of these businesses. We started our businesses maybe five years ago. I had a Rolex on and then had a, uh, a BMW five series. It wasn't crazy, right? But I was feeling myself and pulled up, get out of the car, we get in Tommy's old ass truck. Cause he just bought a new one recently, but it was a, it was like an 05 Nissan Titan. And he shows me around everywhere, all the buildings he owns, real estate, different businesses and drive me around, tell me everything, all these stories. And um, I asked him like, bro, why do you still drive this, this old truck? He told me, he goes, Oh, you know, you know, he just basically said, I like, like, I like it. It keeps me grounded. I, I like this truck. And I can't tell you how much of an idiot I felt like, I just like, like, what am I doing? You know, and, and, and that was that journey for me. So I like what you mentioned here because I think it's so true in entrepreneurship. Um, I want to switch gears here, uh, Lance, to digital marketing. You know, I know that, um, you know, one SEO was, was, was hyper successful. And I, you know, and I think that, um, you know, they've done such an amazing job under, under your leadership. Um, the home service companies that might be listening to this podcast, we have concrete coating companies in here, painting companies bringing in HVAC, there's um, some garage door companies. We just took on a garage door company um, last week. Um, he saw us at Vertical Track and I was speaking. And, you know, what do you think these home service companies need to know about digital marketing as we kind of scale into the, you know, kind of the later part of 2023 here? They need to, you, you need to know you got to do it. Uh, probably about 80% of the money you put into your marketing, digital marketing, isn't going to produce a dollar for you because people don't know what they're doing. I'd be one of the best. It's probably even higher. Um, listen, I love digital marketing. You know, I was with yellowpages.com for years, vice president of the whole entire country um, with AT&T, founded one SEO, 14 plus years there. It became too much of a business for me. When you love something, so if I'm going to be in business, I'm going to be in business. Roofing is business for me. I don't love roofing. It's business, right? I love digital marketing. I love doing it. I love looking at it. It's, I see the math answer before you even give me the problem, right? So it's just totally different. And listen, I made a lot of money in digital marketing. I'm a very lucky guy. I was just done with it. But, you know, if you or any organization and if you're not doing SEO, PPC, email marketing, retargeting, if you don't have all your UTM codes set up correctly, if you're not doing video in this day and age, a ton of video, um, you're missing the mark, you know, and you're, it's not just about the instant leads you get. It's also about building your brand. You know, oh. over time, as you build your brand, you don't have to spend as much percentage on advertising. And what people don't realize is when a guy like me comes to look at partnering with you or a private equity firm, they want to know how much of your calls are actually organic and referrals to you and not paid. Because if you make up 70% paid, all that traffic's coming to you, they're not going to give you it. As because of that evaluation of someone with a great brand, been around, a lot of Google reviews. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in digital marketing. I don't understand how some people don't do it still. It's like almost like getting up and uh, going to the bathroom, right? It's just like what you do. Uh, but there's some, a lot of idiots out there, man. Yeah. 
It's like Grant Cardone always talks about, you have to uh, reduce the proximity from you and your, your customers. You know, it's like you have to reduce that proximity at all times. And well, how do we do that? Well, we have to advertise. We have to put ourselves out there in the marketplace. I share that same thing. Like I, I just love, you can put something out in the marketplace and people buy it. It's fucking magic. I just, I think it's so incredible. Um, and I imagine, cause now you've kind of shifted gears where, uh, and let's chat about that. You've shifted gears cause you, you were so successful in the corporate world. You started your own marketing company, hyper, hyper, hyper successful and impactful, more importantly, impactful in the, in the space. Um, and now like, what are you doing now? What do you do nowadays, man? I mean, I'm building out LB Capital and, you know, we're building it out and we got a full training center being built. These are people right here working. We got an office. It's growing. And I'm building out uh, I'm building out a whole entire 30,000 square foot training center uh, right around the corner here for uh, roofing, uh, siding, windows and door companies. And we're going I'm – no, I'm not going to get into coaching. It's not what I'm going to do is – I'm going to keep partnering with companies. I believe my biggest impact is coming in, partnering with people, showing them the 11-step process I use on every single company. We scale it. We grow it. You get your big, big paycheck. You become a multimillionaire, and you're happy. And I think that's the biggest gift I can give people now. That's the biggest impact. You know, and I tell my wife all the time, for me, who doesn't have to work anymore, if I'm going to go do this, I have to do it my way. So I know there's big PE firms out there raising capital. I've not raised any money. It's all my own money. I'm doing this. Really? All- yeah. I'm not raising Oh, wow. Money. I'm not. And that's a bomb right there. I mean, if I had Brad's little uh, little thing, I don't think I have a, a bomb button on this on this software. But if I did, I'd fucking hit that bomb button. I have no that's, that's crazy. No, it's wow. all my own capital. That's incredible. That's even cooler. I, hey, I, you know, if you guys think that's even cooler, put in comments, hashtag legend. Uh, if you can, if you're live, I see, I see some people live here. Appreciate you guys live. If you're on the replay and you're still listening, thank you so much. Put in comments, hashtag legend. If you're liking this also, if you're on Apple, Spotify, we get about 3000 or so downloads a month on Apple, Spotify. So, um, we got a bomb here. Here we go. Um, I mean, I don't think I, I mean, I'm not saying I'll never not take, um, you know, money into LB capital, but right now I don't need it. I don't want it. We're scaling fast. Really what I'm trying to do is put the right systems, processes in place, integrate service Titan into the roofing community. Uh, you know, they're a great technology. I think it's the best technology in home services for, I think, for me, right? I mean, I think um, I have a great relationship with them. They want to get into roofing. I want to help change roofing. So, I mean, that's really my big hurdle right now and just find the right people. You know, I got people inboxing me all day long, calling me, texting me. Hey, I'll be your partner. Make me your partner. Make me your partner. And after, you know, you go through some partnerships um, and I have controlling interest of every company, right? When you become my partner, but even though you have controlling interest and you're the operator, if it's not working out, you got to separate because it just gets ugly. So you really got to say, okay, let's pause this and let's start doing a better due diligence. I think a lot of people are starting to say that. You know what? Let's start doing better due diligence going through the process here. Because a lot of people say all these whys why they want to do things and they don't want to do the why and do the work. It's sad, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's so true. I was just talking last night with my wife. We were in bed and uh, we're looking at the the, uh, the FTX thing. Tom Brady was like, it, Tom Brady and his ex-wife, they lost up, upwards of $48 million. And we're thinking like, same thing here. It's like, 
are they not doing due diligence? You know, so it, even if they're missing stuff up there, you know, I mean, I imagine you invested into these home service companies. I imagine there's there's an incredible amount of things to, to analyze and to audit and really make sure you guys have dialed in. What what you, um you go through it and you learn it, right? Like anything else, you have to go through the process, right? Like anything else. Listen, there's no magic playbook out there, right? You know, I think you know when you you know it's funny. Someone gave me an analogy when you're North Carolina or Stanford and they're recruiting a kid, they can miss on a kid, no big deal, because next year they got the next big class out there, right? But when you're a small business and, and you're a small college, you can't miss. That's going to cost you your job, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, we're going through the process and we're learning and we're changing things very quickly. Um, yeah, I remember I only sold one SEO six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> You've been busy. You know, I think yeah. most people would would, uh, would have gone to wherever and done whatever and, 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 and forgot about the, uh, uh, we'll call it the, um, the work. You know, um, this, and is a what, this, is, this is something I want to do. I, I think when you listen, everybody has their form of recovery. Um, and I, I'm not an addict. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic, you know, never did a drug. I do drink. But I think people have recovery for different things. And my recovery is to make sure I'm going 100 miles per hour every single day, making the difference I want to make, letting my son see that. Let my wife see that and saying, when I die, at least I was happy. I was good in my family. I did put them in the best position. And I helped a lot of people along the way. Hopefully people will think. No, I love that. And I actually have a question here for that. This is more of a structured question. But, you know, I think myself, you know, I see you balancing family commitments, um, business pursuits, new businesses. Um, and, you know, I think that's a big challenge. And, and, and entrepreneurship in general, obviously, but in home service specifically, um, how do you juggle all of those things and make sure that you're hundred percent Lance or, you know, wherever you go? Listen, I'm all in, in the moment I'm in. Does that make sense? If I'm with Ryan Davis and it's a Friday night, I'm with Ryan Davis, whatever he wants to talk about, be about, I'm all in. When I'm with my kids, I'm all in. I, when I'm with my wife, I'm all in. My wife will tell you when I'm here, my wife doesn't. My wife doesn't even text or call me unless it's about my kids during the day at all, at all, because she knows I'm not going to respond. But also at work, if I'm with my wife at dinner, unless it's something major, no one's bothering me. When I'm coaching my kids, I coach my kids at football every single night, and I coach my kids at wrestling every single night. There is no balance. Those kids one day are going to be out of my house. They're the most important things to me. That's my legacy. That is what I'm doing everything I do for. You can't sit there and tell me. Now, there has to be a sacrifice as a new entrepreneur, right? So there has to be. So you might not make every football game. You might not make every soccer game, whatever it may be. But you better make 80% of things. Because what you don't want is to live in a world where we, you spoil your kid and you give them things they don't need. Because kids don't know what material things are at a young age. They just want your time, Right. So I'm going to give my kids my time. My job is to create leaders out of my sons, leaders, not great football players, not great wrestlers. That'll be a cherry on top. I'm trying to create a leader, someone that understands when people are looking at you, you got to act a certain way, look a certain way. I'll give you a perfect example, right, Ryan? So my little son, Hammer, was on a team. I coached my other son, LJ, this organization. I moved. It was time for me to – 
really assess Hammers, what was going on with him on that team and different things. I didn't say anything wrong, rude, negative, anything. I just literally took my son to another organization and he's skyrocketing. So, like, those are the things I try and teach my sons about, you know, that's leadership. I don't really talk about um, – I think I don't think the word balanced, I don't think you can have it. I think you have to be all in to be successful. I think you have to be almost lost and obsessed. But I think when you get lost and obsessed in every part of your life – I mean, I don't go to bars and drink with my friends anymore. I don't do boys' clubs. I don't do boys' weekends. And people don't think that's right, but it's not personal. It's just I – I said, this is what's important to me, and I'm going to prioritize what's important to me. But you're always welcome to come to my house, hang out, be at my family, because I love you. But nobody wants to do that. They want to be at the bar on Friday night chasing women or drinking and talking about the Phillies, and I don't give a shit about the Phillies. Yeah, this is absolutely amazing. You know, if if you're resonating with this and you're listening, put in comments something, I don't know, one, a legend or something, um, you know, I asked you guys to do that too, just because I love to see that engagement, but also doing that in the group guys is going to help us reach more people in the group. And so if you love this message, the best thing you can do for others is share this with them and, and, and we'll get more people to listen to this. Um, so I appreciate you guys sharing. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, was, you know, at, at, at your holdings company, um, what are you guys seeing when it comes to trends? Like, is there certain industries that are, that are, you know, that have the juice, you know, um, or is there specific types of industries that you guys are going after and nothing else? For me, I'm going all roofing, siding, and exterior. Just that, that for LB Capital um, and technology companies. Like I own Titan Pro Technologies. I own Shock IT, a technology company I would bring on also. But Ruben, I mean, I still own an HVAC company. They're doing a well job, a great job over there. Um, the right HVAC company I would bring in to LB Capital. But um, it had to be the right HVAC company. But roofing, we're really looking for, I really want to change the roofing space. I think there's a big opportunity there, not just for the money, but to actually have a high impact, right, with the distributors, with the actual manufacturers, and especially with the small roofing companies. I hate the word contractors because I think people try and give it a negative connotation with that. I think it's a way of trying to hold someone down. Words matter, right? So I use yeah. the word contractor and homeowners hate contractors, right? You go do any survey, they say they hate contractors. So I use the word companies, right? Because a lot of these people are providing, I mean, when you do a contract, I think of a one-man band. The majority of these people that are doing work are employing people, paying health insurance, paying for vehicles. They're members of the community. Um, so I think the biggest thing I can do is have high impact there with those people showing to have a little business savvy and make serious money. Yeah, it, you know, at Service Legend, I'm not sure if you heard our mantra, you know, it's more profit, more freedom, more impact. And I feel like it goes in that order because you've got to have, you know, the more profit stands for dialing in the lead flow. It's consistent. It's predictable. That has to be dialed. And then the lead to sales cycle. That's going to allow you to have some revenue in the door to get some freedom to remove yourself from in the business. You can work on the business, build some systems, et cetera. And then once you get those things really dialed, you're starting to scale a little bit. Maybe you're doing, you know, a million, 1.52. And you can actually start to have some sort of impact on the team, on the community. And I feel like that's so important to think about the end in mind like this. When you're buying these companies and you're investing and you guys are just crushing it, um, can you talk to us a little bit about the end in mind? How do you guys, how do you guys work daily, but the end in mind is, is, is subconscious? How does that work? So like, you know, when I bought Cherry and I sold the Vertex, we sold that in 15 months. 
you know, Josh never has to work again, you know, if he didn't want to. Um, you know, when I bought Dylan, we sold that in 18 months. Mike never had to work again if he didn't want to. Um, most people don't understand when you do these things the right way and you partner with someone who actually knows how to go through the process, understands all the boxes they're trying to check off. And if you're willing to play ball and do the right things, the growth happens very fast. The exit's different for every single person. I'm never going to stop somebody from getting their big payday. If someone comes to me and says, Lance, all I need is 10 million, then we're going to sell while I can pay that partner 10 million. If it's 20 million, it's 20 million. So it's really each partner has a different plan that I partner with. And I'm very selective. I might partner with one out of 100 people, if that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a great thing. And, and, and so, for, so for everyone's kind of uh, closure here, you guys don't just take on anybody. No. As a partner. No. And no, I, I, I don't have to. I don't want to. I, I want to I be with the right people for the right reasons. I'm not a private equity group. I'm not a, uh, I'm not, you know, a big fund. I don't have $3 billion in money. I'm just going out and buying and consolidating. Mine is, hey, listen, you can't sell it to a private equity firm. How about we get it ready to, and I help you out. We partner together, and we make you a shit ton of money on the exit. But you need the right person. you got to have the right people. Every organization is about the right people. I don't care what anyone says. People are like, oh, you put this system in. You hire this advertising company. You hire this agency. Put this process in place. Bullshit. People drive the business. People drive the business. Everything else is just another marketer move. But you have to have great people that care, that want to be there, have high output every single day. High inputs give you high outputs without those two things happening. And you got to run lean and mean. And you can't, you cannot be afraid to cut the weak and the people, people that say, oh, I care, I want to be here, but they're not producing, they got to go. Well, all performance based, right? Um, yeah, I've had to recently do that too, you know, just, you know, just pruning, you know, and I think it's so healthy to prune mediocrity. And I've been doing that. Um, and Most people are afraid to, and that's why they go under. Hmm. Most people are afraid of the change. Most people oh, hate God, feeling yeah. uncomfortable. You should feel like I'm. Not, I've always said there's a balance, right, between I never want to feel relaxed, and I never want to feel tension, tension. But I want to be, I want to be truthfully in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I love that. I was, I was I was talking to Kristen, uh, my wife, as well yesterday. We, we talked a lot, obviously, yesterday, you know, because we were here on Monday. But um, talking about this concept of, I was thinking about all the people that are coming that I that I have a relationship with. You know, GS, um, Jeff Gear, he owns TSR and Revamp. He's he's kind of doing something similar in the coding space. He's a good buddy and mentor of mine, known him for a while. Tommy, um, and then just getting in, you know, just getting in more uh, frequent communication with people that are so far above me. And I was, I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, I find myself very uncomfortable at times, right? And I'm constantly trying to go to the next thing and constantly learning. Um, but I told her, I was like, I like it. I just love it, you know? And uh, she's the opposite, right? You know, slow down, right? And, and things like this. And um, do you think that that's a natural thing? Or do you think that people can learn that, that concept? I think, I think this is what happens, right? I think once you, and I, and I was where you were when you were younger, right? When I was younger. I felt very uncomfortable around successful people, very successful people. I did. I didn't think I was worthy enough. I didn't. I got a tattoo on my arm right there. Uh, you can see it. Why not me? And I don't I know, know if you've seen me speak. It's why not me. Right. Yeah. And then I started seeing, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like this person. 
this person's cool as shit. This person drinks. This person needs to have a fun time. Hey, this person does care about people. This person wants to, this person can grow up rich. And when you start seeing successful people that look like you and have similar stories, you're like, well, why not me? Why not me? And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm, I belong in this room. I'm willing to put the work in. I'm willing to learn how to read a P&L and break it down to the microcosmos, littlest thing. Um, you know, today I was going through the payroll of each one of my organizations. Truth be told, oh. I found six different mistakes. So I went to with, with Danny, my assistant, and literally I found six things that were wrong that the payroll team, my finance team, didn't catch, right? But I just literally took two hours and went through everywhere, line by line, every single – you have to have um, that kind of mindset. But you learn it from successful people because they'll stop every once in a while and jump and audit because they know they got to inspect what they inspect. You got to inspect what you expect. But to answer your question, I think everyone goes through what you are going through, but you deserve it. But everyone that's successful, truly successful, everyone that reaches out to me, that's respectful, nice, and like just wants to talk and doesn't ask me for things, I'm always willing to help out. It's the guy or girl that reaches out to you. They talk to you once or twice and they're asking you for money or they invest in this. And that's where you're like, wait a minute, hold on here. Like I'm more than open to let you come here, fly. I told you to come and come see my operation whenever you want. I'm willing to give you a day to shadow me and learn why I work or whatever you want to do because so many people have done it for me. But when you start asking for things, I'm not talking about like if somebody asked me, hey, can you give me my p and I'll give you my p and so you can set your p and up like it. Somebody asked me for my playbook or what I'm doing, those type of things. But when you're asking for money, and it becomes a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. And I love that about you too because you're so self-aware. Um, and I think that that's one of the best characteristics of a, of a leader is, you know, being so self-aware. Um, but I want to touch real quickly on, on those decisions. Cause you were talking about, Hey, digging in and there's, you know, there's, there's kind of, you know, it's called some shit to, you know, to deal with, you know, there's things going on. And I think that decision though, to lean in versus to say, Oh, fuck, you know, Hey, you know, get upset at this person, shit on this or whatever, whatever, and going that way. But you, you choose to lean in and solve it yourself and, and, and just, just kind of lean into that. Um, can you talk about that moment, though? Like, why don't you give up, though, right there? I don't understand. Well, I'm never going to give up. I'd rather fucking die than give up, man. That diamond, the give up mentality is not an option. Like, that's that that's the worst thing someone could even have, right? Like, that's a loser mindset. Your job is a leader, and it is for every leader. I say to everyone, you have one job. You're the biggest solution Binder in your organization. Your shit rolls uphill. It doesn't roll downhill. You know, when you're, when, you know, I say to my kids when I come home, my sons, right? Because they'll, they'll harass their, my mom, their mom, their mom. And I'll come home, I'm like, shit rolls downhill. If I got to hear it from your mom, but that's not really true. In the business world, shit rolls uphill. All the problems have to be solved by the leaders. So I look at my whole everyday task is this to lean in and literally make every organization better today than it was yesterday. What problems did we solve? What issues did we find out? Because if you're not finding issues and solving problems, you're not growing. So most people want to hide the problems, right? I want the problems. How do we fix them? How do we make them better? How do we scale that way? So I have a very different mindset and maybe came from corporate America being at AT AT&T. Um, but I mean, and I also know this over the 15 years that I've been in business, Joe Lynn 
who is who's been with me for all 15 years, CFO at one SEO, here now with me. She's the only person consistently for 15 years never quit and gave up on a problem. I've had key employees quit because they didn't want a problem solved. I had listen, bring in service titan. I told service titan, I had two key employees quit because they listen, they wanted to say I was the asshole. They couldn't figure out how to get service tightened up the same way. They didn't want to expand their, what they were doing every day. They didn't want to expand their mindset and say, they just kept saying, it doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. The best part is this is I tell you when this, I had service Titan set up for cherry and we went from 2 million to 12 million in our first year, 2 million to 12 million and service Titan was set up wrong for cherry because these guys didn't have it set up correctly. So think about that, you know, but they quit as soon as I found out. Instead of going through the process of fixing it and make it better, and now it's all set up correctly. So I think you know a lot of people when they just want the title, they don't want to put the work in. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you find great leaders, you hold on to them. I'm fortunate Joe Lynn's been my side for 15 years. I hope she's with me for another 30. Um, outside of that, you know, you're going to see a lot of people in business are fair weather friends. Look at how many CFOs Tommy's gone through. Look at how many different. Le- like you're going to see people are fair weather friends. You're seldom going to have a leadership team that stays with you for 20 years, 30 years. Unfortunately, I have one person still with me. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I always think uh, growing up playing sports, like football, I played when I was like five, six years old in the TV. They always call it the it factor in, in, in sports. And, and uh, that's probably not acceptable these days. You know, they're like, well, anybody can be the it factor. No, I believe that certain people have this fucking, this it factor. And it's, it's just this thing. It's just this juice. And, you know, um, I want to be around more people like that. Um, I'm going to tell you wanna... this. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And not everyone has the it factor. Most people have the shit factor. I mean, let's, <laughs> uh, let's call it what it is. The people yeah. with the it factor, that high motor, something different about them, they're always going to be winners. I say this all the time. Winners hang out with winners. Losers hang out with losers. Alcoholics hang out with alcoholics, drug addicts hang out with drug addicts, womenizers hang out with womenizers, burglars hang out with burglars. I mean, look, cops hang out with cops, firefighters hang out with firefighters. I mean, this isn't really hard to figure out. Like, the people with the if factor, people know it. They have a different swagger. They have a different set of confidence. They are constantly repeating their success over and over again, constantly repeating success over and over again. I've always said this. It's easy to be a one-trick pony and sell one company. Go out and sell four different companies and four different verticals and still build. Make sense? Yeah. No, I love that. There, the secret sauce isn't that 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 company, that niche, this season. It's it's the internal it factor. The, you know, I just love it, man. And I think it's so true. Um, I want to ask you real quick. I'm going to be speaking. Um, hey, if you guys are listening, uh, there's a couple of lives still. Uh, if you're listening live or on the replay and you're coming to the huge convention this um, this week in Nashville, I'm here right now. But Lance, I wanted to ask you is, is um, so I'm going to be speaking um, on the predictions of home service marketing. And um, I'm talking on, well, I, well, I guess I shouldn't share it, uh, but so everyone can tune in and listen. But um, what would you tell me, someone who's spoken, someone that I look up to that I think does an amazing job speaking? I've been in the uh, in the audience when you spoke, and I you know got goosebumps from from what you were putting down, and I was picking it up. But I'm gonna go speak on Thursday. What advice would you give me? Have uh, fun, have fun, and be day. honest. Have fun and be honest. You can't go wrong. I mean, I think a lot of people overthink what they're gonna talk about. I I never ever do. I I I, I try and have fun. 
I try and be honest. I want you, and I say, sir, well, I want to give you a five-star experience. And I want to have give you one thing you can walk away with and help change your business for the better. If I do those two things, we're good. You know, I'm not going to give you, I'm not the secret sauce to building your business. I don't believe that. What I do believe is after all the losses I've had, all the losses I've had, you can learn a lot from an old man that made a lot of mistakes and let me help you with the things that were successful and take one or two of them. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. Kind of in, in uh, conclusion here, um, I like to end with these two questions, which is what is the, the best advice you've ever received and what is the worst advice you've ever received in your lifetime? The best advice I ever received, uh, whew, that's a hard one. Um, I guess probably the best advice I ever received is um, if there's chaos and problems around you and you keep it going, keep it around you, whose fault is that? And so I learned just to cut things out real fast. A guy by the name of Bill Cormier, he's like my dad. He told me that about 12, 13 years ago down in Florida. And uh, I lived by that ever since. You know, I'm not afraid just to walk away from anything that just causes too many problems. Um, the worst piece of advice I ever got. Worst piece of advice I ever probably got was someone actually said to me, you know, it's all about you. Make sure, you know, in business you're making this, you're doing that. It's all about you. And I believe in the reverse pyramid. I believe the person that owns the business, runs the business is down here and everybody's up there. And you really have to have that mindset or it's very hard to scale. And listen, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I've yelled at employees, argued with employees, fired employees, lost my cool. And I tried to change that over the years. Um, and, you know, it's tough at times because they don't, who don't realize this is an AT&T where you're just getting a check from some, you, the, the, every check that's cut is money that I could have kept. And more than just about the money, it's the pride and principle of you being a shithead in an organization that's trying to deliver the best class in service, the best class in literally our products and what we're doing, best class in people. And that's all I want. So if you can't be a best class person, I'm out. You're out. I mean, I mean that, that'd probably be the biggest advice I'd say to people. You know, I've been given a lot of great advice, a lot of bad advice. Um, you got to just spit it up and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, if there's anybody that might be the right avatar, the right fit, the right mindset, um, where can people learn more about, about you, what you're doing, um, and just like follow you and things like that? I give everybody my cell phone, 215-796-4393. You can follow me at Lance Bachman on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I'm Google Lance Bachman. I'm not that hard to find. Yeah, go to his Instagram and follow his Instagram because it's a great follow. I mean – don't go to his Instagram if if if, if you're a, a a little b word, you know what I'm saying. But uh, or 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 if you don't want to grow, you don't want to make money, you don't want to change people's lives. Don't go to his Instagram because it will scare you away, uh, and you will go back to Kim Kardashian's uh, Instagram after that. But no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, go to his Instagram because uh, I love following the page, um, and it's how I get to kind of follow everything we're doing, the stories, and and uh, kind of learn from you that way. I can, you know, I think it's so important. Uh, that you can learn from a distance, you know, um, because in, you know, in this day and age, it's so easy to. So go to his Instagram page, guys, follow him. Um, and next week, guys, we actually have 
Uh, same time, Tuesday at uh, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, because we're on Pacific time, time right now. And we're interviewing Eric Barstow. Uh, he runs, runs a large uh, coaching company for painting contractors. And he's got like 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. You guys are incredible. Um, so we're doing that next week, guys. But thank you so much, Lance, for your time, man. I appreciate thank it. You. Um, all your success. Have fun with your wife down there. Crush it on stage. Can't wait to hear what you do. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, bro. See you guys. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.